0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King, and you're listening to the Photography Podcast dedicated to getting you out there on an adventure of your own. I know that all of you have full-time jobs, full-time families, but you bought that camera for a reason, so pack your gear, grab your camera, get out there, get a flat tire, it's time for a Photog Adventure of your own. It's episode 153, and today, oh man, today... Announcements, derailments, COVID-19 and Deep Sky Astrophotography. If you've already read the description down on the podcast or you read the title and you already know that this is going to be talking about Deep Sky Astrophotography Part 1. Part 1 because this is the segment from one of my 8-hour live streams I did in, at the end of March where Ian Norman and Diana Southern from LonelySpec.com joined me to teach everybody how to do the LRGB post-processing method. Ian walked us through it, showed us how easy it can be to do and it was really cool. To see what he came up with that quickly, in what ended up being, I think it amounted to a 30 minute walkthrough. And so we could see how easily you could do this and accomplish it on your own as long as you have the images captured at the right settings which he talks about and so if you want to watch that video and not just listen to him talk about it go to the facebook page or the fa- yeah the facebook page the facebook page for photog adventures and you'll find the videos and the featured video should be the most recent 8 hour one and towards the end of the video in fact i link you right here in the show notes where i say ian and diana start at 5 hours 32 minutes Mark at the five hours and thirty-two minute mark on the live stream here. And so I give you guys a link to the video down below and you can get on that five hours and thirty-minute mark to watch everything that he talks about. But I'm gonna give you guys some highlights today in part one, and then in part two, when this next podcast comes out, you're going to hear and I say next coming comes out, it comes out tomorrow. I'm gonna get that out because tomorrow I'm recording another podcast with Joshua Cripps. And so I have this one, I have tomorrow where I'm recording with Joshua Cripps, and I'll be finishing up the edit of part two where Sean Maloney of of redstickastro.com teaches us narrow band deep sky object astrophotography. So first, we're going to talk about how to use your existing gear, your tripod that you have not moving, just a stationary tripod with a camera on it, capturing multiple images that you will stack and post-process in a way with the LRGB method and get the most visual clarity, detail, nebulosity, all that stuff will pop. Especially with what has already passed us, the Orion Nebula on the Orion Constellation, the Barnard's Loop, the Horsehead Nebula in there, there's the Witch's Head, I think there's other ones that I can't even think of right now. There's so many cool features right there around the Orion Constellation that you can capture and pull out with this LRGB method. So the existing gear you have right now, you can do this. You don't have to have a star tracker or something like Sean, where he has a CCD camera on an EQ mount that is a very expensive build using the narrow band. The narrow band is what he pictures with. So he pictures deep sky stuff from his backyard in a Bortle scale six, seven, eight. He says he's in a white zone. So that is eight. That is a Bortle scale eight. If he's honest about how bored how light polluted his area is where his backyard is and he still manages to capture stuff on the narrow band and then process them and see beautiful deep sky objects incredible photography that you can do on that so we're going to talk about that for the next couple podcasts but first oh the thing on everyone's mind the coronavirus oh my god the date the derailment the frustration it has been a long couple of months Right now, I'm recording at 3 a.m. Friday morning so that I can finally get something out to you guys because I've been going through such a derailment that it's tweaking the focus of the future of photog adventures and so here i am recording and i'm looking up on my calendar i am what it's ah april 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 oh what day is it actually april what april 17th it's too dark in this room for me to see the april 17th i should already be down in new mexico preparing for the trailblazer adventure at bistai badlands i should be out there with the group we were going to have a blast but we got it canceled everything got canceled What an aggravating frustration it has been. Oh, boy. So, in not so Aaron King fashion, I'm going to try and keep this short. I'm looking at the time. It says 3.07 a.m. Let's see if I manage. I want to give you guys an update on the derailment and what it means for my future. Well, currently, what it means is that I have 50-plus people who have workshops that were happening in April and May, that and June I can include the 10 people from the Crater Lake workshop and the three are going to the Salt Flats workshop. Those group are kind of included, but most likely, most likely, we are going to be okay in June. Most likely. Gosh, I hope so. (sighs) But... What we're doing right now, our situation right now, is that all of May has been canceled. National parks are closing everywhere. Ones that I even have permits for are closing me out. And now I'm going through the debate with them. Hey, can you please apply this to 2021 now? I was only going to be in the Grand Canyon area for two nights this year, and that was May. Now I can't go. I couldn't possibly go. I won't be doing it again until May of next year, What are the chances you can apply the $300 that I sent in for the permit to that year? Because that's, yikes, that's an incredible pricey um, nothing. Flipped in the wind, smoke. That money went to smoke. So my workshops are closed. I have those 50-plus people that I'm working on making sure that we have rescheduled workshops and getting them to places. But what it means is that all of the deposits that were paid for those workshops have come in. But then there's some workshops that have remaining tuition that was going to come in. Those canceled, not coming in until next May. And if that's 40, let's just say a conservative 35 people. It's actually closer to 40. say 35 35 slots of workshops have been claimed already for April and May next year. They've already paid and have deposits that have been paid and have remaining tuition that's coming. Yikes. You know what that means? (laughs) That means that all of my income for April and May next year has been accounted for this year. I can't create new income for those months through workshops at least. So that was a big time freak out for me. Oh boy. Um, as you know, and many of you who might be new to the podcast don't know that Aaron King is full-time doing this, and I've been able to succeed during a full-time, not because the podcast has out added a single cent to my name. Honestly, it has in the virtue of anybody who found out about the workshops through it. Maybe there is where money has come in, but as far as each podcast episode, there's only cost on me for the hosting of the podcast and getting it out. I don't earn a cent, and so... When I look at the income for Photog Adventures, it's almost entirely from those workshops, and I've been staying alive because of them. And they just went poof. This is my number one source of income. People who travel to Utah who do workshops, do photography in groups. Before, when it was larger groups only, and ten people can go out, then it was fine. But then, when they made it ten or less, and fewer, and better to have social distancing, all of that went gone. So what is Aaron King going to do? What is Aaron King going to do to make his income and keep doing this? Any photographer who's in this business is thinking that right now and has been working on their personal pivot that is going to fix their business, fix their income, fix what they can do because those who even depended on the selling their pictures, they didn't have workshops, they didn't have other stuff, they just sold their images at galleries and art shows. All of them have been canceled. And who knows how many will happen at the end of this year, if, you know, many at all. It's possible they go the rest of the year without being able to do something like that. That many people in a big group, all those kind of income things are gone. Will the out-of-Moab conference keep going? We're hoping so. We're planning on it. Will there be a reason why it can't? I don't know. September, most likely it'll be fine. Will the August Create Photography or the October Create Photography retreat still happen? I think so. But there's other sources of income for people like Mary Beth Kaczynski. You guys know her. She's got awesome photography and she does a uh she works at car shows, mechanic shows, big car um conventions, everything that she can in convention centers she's at and has a team that she works with, and all of them are, you know, furloughed. And who knows when they'll have a job again. That is devastating. I mean, many of you have had worse situations, had the same kind of stress about, okay, how do I get food, income, and pay for housing? Okay, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And at this point on Friday, many of you, if not all of you, have received your stimulus check, and that's given you a little bit of money to get there. I mean, some of you, that covers everything. Some of you, that covers practically nothing. And some of you, it's just extra money, and that's fantastic. And maybe you're doing something like Nick Page or you help helping another family out. This situation is crazy. Today, uh, President Trump said that we're going to open up and let the governors decide when they open up. So each state might be opening up at different times over the next month. So we'll may have anything. I doubt it. I bet it's going to be pretty good for business. We'll say businesses will be back at work. And in some situations, some businesses will not go back to work, like movie theaters, for a while. But then things like conventions, they won't be happening throughout May. They won't have conferences throughout May. And we know it's over. So it's been a huge challenge. And I'm telling you the details of the financials because I want to point out the major motivation, the motivating factor that's changing Photog Adventures. It's something that I wrestled with doing last year after Brendan left. And it was crazy. Um... Long story, incredibly short without any real details. I actually spoke with Brendan for the first time since he left. First time first time I saw him in person since he left Votag Adventures and the first real conversation we had that was longer than a couple sentences well even not even a couple sentences sometimes in text so I found out most of my information finally about how his daughter actually daughters are doing because they both have the same situation and how his family's doing and they're doing okay I was shocked shocked that I actually he actually showed up here during the coronavirus situation and quarantine, uh, I was very shocked. I was like trying not to touch anything. I didn't come close to him. I don't want to affect his daughters, but he says everything's fine. They'll be okay. And so the situation since Brandon left and since, you know, realistically, I haven't really spoken to him except for a couple of weeks ago for the first time, uh, there was a major decisions being made on what to do about photo adventures. And I think All of you know that it has affected me and the content that I get out and trying to fit everything in the podcast, especially even with my promise at the beginning of this year coming out of February that every week, every week on Friday, I haven't been able to do it all throughout February. I got distracted by two different projects and I was like, I'll get back on scrap. I'll get back on track. And then March happened and all my pre-recorded podcasts became just ridiculous content. I don't think I could even begin to release them talking about my goals for 2020 and what's going right in 2020. They're ridiculous because they're already broken. Some of those commitments I've already failed. Not to mention that it's just no one cares right now. We're all thinking survival, pandemic. Let's get through this. Um, How are we going to survive income? No one wants to talk about my silly stuff in photography or about... Back when we were a country that didn't have this kind of struggle, maybe we could have focused on the imposter syndrome and challenging us to get through that as a photographer. But right now, we're just hoping to get out and do photography. I saw Steve Sagnati; He posted today how I've got another great week coming for Milky Way. It's the prime April time to go, and I'm stuck here in a Bortle 7. How can I do it? I'm going to try. You know, I'm going to try and get a shot out at night. Do LRGB method. You can do it. Or even do... Um, it, the ETT, the Exposed to the Right ETTR method, and go with Ian Norman's video on LonelySpec.com, Steve, if you're listening right now. So, Aaron King. Let's see, 316? That was less than 10 minutes that I went through all of the backstory and everything about how corona derailment has happened. Oh, I should mention this before I go into it. Because I was looking at my income, trying to find some squeezing some juice out of the green money tree... I thought, okay, you know what? I've got the Milky Way course. I have not been pushing it. I need to push it now. And I can help the people who are part of, you know, Photog Adventures, who have been on the Facebook group. I haven't told the podcast, I haven't told the TV, uh, YouTube TV channels. I- TV channel. Interesting. I thought of it first when I thought of YouTube. I don't even consider it a website anymore. I consider it a TV channel. I thought of YouTube. I haven't got a YouTube and I haven't got a podcast notification yet. So now this is your first time hearing about this where I put my $97 Milky Way course on sale for $30. And that $30 discount transitions into a 10-minute quick offer for a $10 upsell that is the entire PhotoPills course, which I wanted to start recording by now, and it hasn't been, but we'll be getting on that right away because I'm not going anywhere in May either. So I'll be recording that uh, PhotoPills course again as well as give you all the content of the PhotoPills course. And then there is the $50 instead of $99 version of the Eric Benedetti course. Now, all of those bonus offers come if you buy the milky way course so you get the discount if you were to buy you know the milky way course just to get the 50 dollars discount on eric course it's not a huge discount because you just spent 80 bucks instead of 99 so just buy the 99 nine dollar version one whatever you want go the route that you want maybe you can give the milky way course to someone else The situation is if you go to Adventures.com, you can see the deal, and I was giving it to the first 100 students that got it, thinking the biggest fans, the most avid followers, they can get this deal, and I can, you know, I'm losing $67 per sale, but I'm gaining, if I can get more sales, gaining, you know, income, and gaining because there's more students being part of it, and it's a lot more fun for me when I have more students a part of my course. So... That was the first thing I thought of when I was faced with, what am I going to do for income? Get my course out. Get my course out. Let's go. Run. So what did I do? I did two eight-hour live stream marathons to push it. And I would say in the first one, I did a better job pushing it, talking about it. But in the second one, I just gave a lot of content and lessons, and I forgot to push it all the time. So if you guys were a part of that, you're part of the 2,500 people that watched it, You guys are awesome, and you know what I'm talking about. It was heinous. My throat right now is already feeling the pain of how it was to just sit here at my desk talking nonstop for eight straight hours. I would give myself a break every now and then by playing an eight-minute video from like the Milky Way Chase, like a YouTube video, or I'd play content from the courses that I was selling the entire lesson. Okay. Here's the lesson, you know, from module four, lesson three, I'm just going to give you the whole lesson. Enjoy. And now I'm going to be gone for 40 minutes and actually make myself some dinner, eat some dinner and come back. My 47 minute brilliant plan break turned into in seven minute break. As I was dealing with tech and fixing things for the upcoming guests that were coming afterwards, <laughs> I blew through my break entirely. At least I didn't have to do a lot of talking. And so at least I got to rest my voice and get out of there. So I left the 26th and the 29th. I left after having 16 straight hours. Okay, let's say eight hours, took a two-day break, eight hours again, long 16 hours of live streaming And I worked on all of the small business loans that I could get working all the financials. And I looked at 2019 and I, I got red faced checking out all the stats of, okay, the P&L, profit and loss. Yikes that month. Oh, that month went well. Yikes that month. Yikes that month. Yikes that month. Oh my gosh. If my P&Ls could be a metaphor, the metaphor would be someone drowning who's just barely got their lips above the water. And every once in a while, he gets out of the water up to his neck and looks around and goes, ah, this is supposed to get, oh, blah, 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 blah. That is 2019. In fact, it's Aaron King since 2017, really, when I got fired. And so it's been an interesting challenge and decision to go through this. I said it on the live stream, but I'll say it right now. 2017 decided, oh my gosh, great. This I got fired. Let's do this. Let's do this full time. Four months later, got divorced. And so then I had the divorce challenge and the homelessness challenge of living in my car, working from a studio that was a $300 a month studio space that was my only property in the world. You know, that was where I had everything. It gave me some semblance of stability, but for the most part, I slept in my car or slept at a friend's house who'd let me that night. So 2018 was a wreck. Oh, it was a wreck. I got through it. 2019, everything was going to go better. Everything was going great. It felt really good. And then Brendan needed to leave, and he left in a way that hurt and was hard and it was sudden and in, with zero communication, it was tough on me. So the last half of 2019 was kind of piddly. So I was like, oh, I can't do that again. 2020 is entirely mine. I'm going to grab the bull by the horns. Carpe diem, boys, let's move. And 2020 gets bricked by a pandemic in the beginning of March. Oh, wow. I did not see that coming interesting when, that I was sitting there at a convention in the end of January. It was called Funnel Hacking Live. And one of the guests at the very end was it, practically an evangelist, honestly, but you know who he is, Tony Robbins. He's an amazing motivational speaker. He does some silly things that, man, I, I couldn't really participate in. It felt like I was on one of those TV evangelism shows where I'm just bouncing hands up in the air. Praise the Lord. I was Awkward at sometimes. I, I refuse to do some of the dance moves they wanted you to do. But during Tony Robbins' presentation, he says, "Guys, we're right now. We're sitting well. We're we're sitting in a good economy. But that's not going to last forever. There's going to be a recession. What are you going to do with your business that's going to keep you around through the recession? What are you going to do to survive? What are you going to do to make it? Well, I thought, yeah." He's prescient. A recession will come. He's seen it happen in his life. I've even seen it happen with the dot-com boom happen when I was a teenager and go ploop. Um, watching the housing boom happen and then go kaploop. And now watching another thing happen where it's very interesting and kind of not the economy's fault, but just because we turned the economy off. And is the economy a steam engine that, yes, you can turn it back on again, but it's got to get the power going and chugga, 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 chugga to get back up to steam, up to nice, sweet power? Or is it a Tesla that when you turn it on, you can go to zero to 70 before you knew it? Like, oh, crap, I'm going 70 miles an hour. So... What is the economy going to do? Who knows? But we're in a recession by virtue of the turning off the economy. He was very prescient. <laughs> it happened to this year. And I haven't spent a day not thinking about what Tony was saying. He pointed out some business and brands and said, hey, those ones up on the, up on the screen, you know them, right? You know them. Why? All of them were started during a recession. All of them made it through a recession. And it's like, okay, wow. I mean, the, the companies that can come through a recession – they last, they're strong. Well, Aaron King's trying to start a company. He's trying to actually pay another employee other than himself. And he hasn't succeeded. So, how does Aaron King get a business going? How does Aaron King succeed? And, well, the first thing I thought of was my Milky Way course. I have the Milky Way course, I have the Photo Pills course that is totally and seriously bent and biased towards Milky Way photography with all of the landscape features on there talked about. But how often did I go into the landscape a lot less than I went into talking about how it applies to my Milky Way and then the Eric Benedetti star tracker course I was hanging out with Eric Benedetti during a Milky Way photographers guild roundtable and he and um no don't mess up Brian Bryony Richards she was here with him and we had a fantastic time talking Milky Way and so what does Aaron King love was there anything Aaron King do Milky Way What does Aaron King have right now on this podcast? Photog Adventures, a landscape photography and Milky Way astrophotography podcast. Yeah landscape remember that Aaron oh well you know you and Brendan are going out once a month going out to really cool locations and because you're going all these cool locations it's landscape photography and sometimes Milky Way and you're going to share your stories that has worked very well it worked very well honestly as soon as he left in 2019 and I tried to tell some of those same stories it only worked again when I told all the craziness that happened when I went to Faroe Islands There were other places that I'd gone to that didn't have all the craziness that happened in Faroe Islands, and it was hard to tell those good stories because, hey, what went well for you, Brendan? Blah, 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 blah. What went well for me was this, and what didn't go well for you, Brendan? Blah, 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 blah. What what didn't go well for me was this, is a whole lot more interesting than just Aaron King talking. In fact, I looked at my time right now, and it's been 20 minutes since I began telling the behind the scenes and transitioning into what is the big change for Photog Adventures. And it's Aaron King talking for 20 minutes. I don't want you guys to have that boringness. I want to be focused and I want it to be something that's great. So for all of 2019, as I recorded some episodes and threw them away, even though it meant I didn't have one that week because I didn't have anything else that was going to be better yet, I threw them away. So I have episodes that I've chucked. I have numbers that are weird because I decided at one time, here's what the next eight episodes are, and I got four of those eight out, but I didn't get those other four out, or I didn't like them at all, and I cut them, and so I have missing numbers. It's it's bizarro. It's bizarro. So what am I going to do? Aaron King decided to pivot. He decided to pivot to what? Online course content. Why? Because I've already created it, and I can promote it. And you know what? I don't have to spread all of my attention everywhere in order to keep going with it. I I can put it out there, teach people, help them, and make some money doing it multiple, multiple, scalable, scalable times. I can't do 17 workshops a month. I can't scale my workshops, really. I can scale other things. I can't scale Photog Adventures. I, I need to bring it back. Photog Adventures owns MacroPhotog.com, AstroPhotog.com, PhotogSessions.com, a couple other Photog blah 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 names that are different to WildPhotog. (laughs) WildPhotog.com. We own a lot of different .coms that I have now, I think I let WildPhotog go, have I? I'm typing it in as I look at it on this computer. WildPhotog.com. Hey, it's available Oh, wait, no, actually, I think that's where Brendan purchased wildphotog.com and maybe he has let it go now. And because that domain site is, I think what he used to buy it. So anyway, we own that as well. (laughs) And we didn't get a chance to spread out photog adventures into the vast, like world of all different types of photography, bring on people who are doing wildlife photography, like Jeff Peterson, Dan Lin, Linhart, Rob Ryan, and have them do a wild photog adventures podcast. We recorded several episodes, never got a chance to release it. Um, It couldn't work out for them and their schedules. It didn't work out entirely for quality. And in other reasons, it didn't entirely entirely work out to completely push it, and I couldn't do it myself. So what does Aaron King need to do? He needs to simplify, cut, cut, cut. So Aaron King is cutting Photog Adventures. Aaron King is going to cut photogadventures.com. Aaron King is going to change the podcast from Photog Adventures podcast to the Milky Way Photographers Guild. Aaron King is going to keep the Photog Adventures listeners group, but I'm going to change it from the Photog Adventures listeners group to the Photog Adventures group. That Facebook group is your guys's. All of you, Dan, Rob, Daryl, Brent, Dean, Josh, you guys, all the admins, and me, We'll continue it. I will not be posting Photog Adventures content to there, so it won't be a wall where you will see my content come in and it's all about promoting Photog Adventures. It's about promoting an adventure in photography, go out on a Photog Adventure, all of that. I love that it became a verb. I went out on a Photog Adventure today, and I went over here. I guess it's kind of a noun. I didn't Photog Adventure something. I went out on a Photog Adventure. So it's a noun. It's an action. It's something you it, you did and went to. I loved that. And I didn't want to get rid of it when 2019 happened and Brendan left and I thought about moving and transitioning. But at this point, I can't keep doing landscape photography stuff. I haven't been. The Photog Adventures YouTube channel, as I went through it and tried to cut things, I got rid of gears and I got rid of landscape stuff. And I kept only the most important and popular content. If I were to look at Photog Adventures right now and see the five most popular videos on Photog Adventures, what are they? 121,000 views on how to focus the Milky Way. 107,000 views of us filming Royce Bear talk about Milky Way photography. 102,000 views for me teaching Milky Way processing for beginners. That was three years ago. How to use PhotoPills to plan your Milky Way photography, 101,000 views. And video number five, Star Tracker versus Single Image, Why You Need a Sky Tracker, 58,000 views. Someone who is out there deciding to learn Milky Way photography Finds the podcast by Googling Milky Way Photography and says, oh, Milky Way Photographers Guild. What's that? Oh, there's a podcast. I'm going to listen to the podcast right now. And as a business decision, it helps them know about the free content that leads them to the paid content, the extra content. YouTube has released a feature. If you follow Astro Backyard, you know that you can jump in and subscribe. And for $5 a month, you get extra content there. And so through YouTube itself, they have these membership programs, and they're a really good way for people to have a business out of creating this content. And you know, when I created my weekly free Milky Way Wednesday, tons of good people I met. And you know, it was confusing for those who didn't understand what was going on. It was a platform that was confusing them. So it was killing my stats in YouTube. So for YouTube... It's going to be entirely focused on Milky Way. It's going to be obvious. The current Milky current channel will be changed from Photog Adventures to Milky Way Photographers Guild. And then all my content will be Milky Way related. I will have a playlist that's old Photog Adventures content that doesn't fit in the new playlist. That doesn't fit in the new category. All of those will be moved around so you can always see the old Photog Adventures stuff that isn't gear time. But... You will see all the adventures, all the old content, you know, stuff that I did with Brandon, All those cool things will be out and available in the old playlist of Photog Adventures Archive. But then the, new, the channel will be focused entirely and dedicated to learning, teaching, tutorials, and fun of Milky Way photography. And it'll be a very clear and obvious YouTube channel. What are you subscribing for? I want to learn Milky Way. Hey, I want to learn Milky Way. Is there any YouTube channels talking about Milky Way? Kaboom, there's one, the Milky Way Photographers Guild. This guy's been doing it for years. Instead of a guy who's been doing Milky Way on the side of the Photog Adventures, Adventure is All channel. And so that's going to be a huge fix. And so there are other people out there who are getting involved in Milky Way photography who are starting. I need to find them. They need to find me. And I need as a business to pivot to Milky Way Niche, the Milky Way photography niche only. So they find not only that I exist, here's my YouTube channel, here's my podcast, but here's extra podcasts, here's Milky Way Wednesday trainings, here's once-a-month roundtables, here, here is online courses and workshops, all Milky Way related. And on that note, speaking about Milky Way photography, let's get into some other elements of astrophotography, the deep sky astrophotography. This is highlighted segments from Ian Norman and Diana Southern from LonelySpec.com who joined me for an hour over on my live stream back on March 29th. And here's what they talk about. And I'm going to be giving you highlights only. You want the in-depth lesson? It's a great thing to watch on the Facebook. You can go there. The link's down below again. It starts at 5 hours and 32 minutes. You can find it at that link down below. So enjoy Ian Norman. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm not saying goodbye yet for Photog Adventures. I'll have like a farewell Photog Adventures when I get the logo done and I transition the name. But, you know, in short, Photog Adventures has been a wonderful experience. It's been four years of awesome experiences. And March 8th, when I hit the four-year mark of doing it, everything had to change, unfortunately, and I had to pivot. But... I'm excited for being a focused Milky Way Photographers Guild and putting my effort right there with those who are already members of the guild and those who are going to join the guild. So if you are interested in joining the guild, go to milkywayphotographersguild.com. If you wanted to get the $30 Milky Way course and then benefit from the $10 and $50 Eric Venditti and PhotoPills courses, that's found at Adventures.com. I'll put the link down below, but just typing in Adventures.com, you can find it. And so let's move on and learn from Ian Norman
1: this was an example of a photograph that we took in Ecuador. Um, And when we arrived here, this is the Cotopaxi National Park. Um, And Cotopaxi National Park is centered around this active volcano. It's the second tallest volcano in Ecuador. And, um, Diana and I arrived there, uh, greatly affected by altitude sickness, Um, very, very, very high altitude or very high elevation. And, um, When we got there, it was the one clear night, and the forecast didn't really look good for for the consecutive nights. Uh, We were anticipating clouds, so we're like, we have to shoot the Milky Way, we have to shoot the Milky Way. But we did not feel like going outside. We had headaches, and Diana was super tired. Basically, we just wanted to sleep. That whole afternoon, we just wanted to sleep, and uh, I was feeling out of it. We didn't have enough cold weather gear. Um, So we shot the Milky Way from our window (laughs) and that's what this photograph is. That's
0: a um, fantastic shot for a window shot. Wow.
1: Yeah, it is possible to shoot the Milky way through through you know the window of the bedroom. Of course, we were lucky in this particular situation because we're out, you know, in the countryside and there wasn't a whole lot of light light Yeah. Reach. key. So, um so we 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 kind of segued um, from that into the idea of shooting uh star trails oh, and that's cool. city visited- star trails. Yeah, and this is actually the view that's right behind us. Um, but it's an exposure of, I think, maybe like 15 to 30 minutes of star trails. And uh, even though we're like basically right yeah. near Chicago, there's still like a fair amount of stars uh, visible. Um, so it's, it's one of those things that like maybe you don't think about it. Like you only reserve your night photography for when you go out to you know, somewhere in the country. And, uh, um, but now that we're all stuck at home, uh, maybe it's worthwhile to go out in your backyard if you're lucky enough to have a backyard or shoot out your window.
0: I'm completely shocked that you guys have more than three stripes on those stars in the star trails out of Chicago. Yeah,
1: I, I was surprised too. I'm,
0: I'm always bummed that my balcony right here in this apartment has a great view of a mountain, but between the mountaintop and the, where the balcony ends, it's kind of this tiny window, and I can't see Orion. And Orion is something that, since I've seen your YouTube video from years ago, I've wanted to have my own version of that shot. And I go through the winter season busy, recuperating from the busy year, trying to get caught up for the future of the next year, and find myself in March going, oh no, Orion, it's going to be too low for me to see. It's going to be bad. It's not... A- zenith anymore but i can still capture before it gets too dark and i'm always racing against time and going well i guess next winter and i've probably done it again honestly as clouds keep filling up my sky so when you're thinking about capturing orion from my balcony i can't see it and that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about because that Orion shot—I saw it for a second when you were in your pictures for a moment. That shot showing Barnard's Loop, showing the nebula, the Orion Nebula, the Horsehead Nebula—I think it was Witch's Hat, is it Witch's Head or something? It's something that's also yeah, on that was... there. Yeah. Those are amazing, and the people who are joining me today have been doing Milky Way photography with me for years and are kind of itching to go and scratch the next itch of photography in deep sky astrophotography. They've almost mastered and gotten bored of Milky Way photography, and they want to do more and see more. So This is where I want to take our time for the rest of the hour that we're with with, with you guys. How does someone even begin to have, if their camera is capturing Milky Way, will their camera capture this example?
1: Yeah. We took a look at some of the photos that we had um, in preparation for the stream. Um cool. and actually to talk about not Orion in order oh. to talk about Orion.
0: Well that's uh, here, okay.
1: Here's a shot here's a shot of Orion. Love um, it. and uh this was made on, on uh the Canon EOS RA, um the new astrophotography version of the Canon EOS R. Um and so this is part of a upcoming review that we're working on for that particular camera.
0: That's awesome. Uh, so you pulled it off with the new Canon Mirrorless too. That's great news.
1: Yeah yeah I really, really enjoyed using that camera. Um, makes me miss Canon <laughs> shooting Sony. <laughs> I, I miss uh, Canon, knows how to make a camera
0: for sure. Interesting to hear you say that.
1: Yeah. So uh, this was from, we went out to, um, what's the name of the place? Green river? Green river, Green River, which is uh, a small wildlife refuge just outside of Chicago. Um, it's about a two-hour drive past the suburbs, uh, just kind of in the in the countryside. And uh, there's a well, there's a I think a small river there, um, and a whole lot of just like open field area. And, it's kind of marshy too. Yeah, yeah, and there and there's like a marsh. And so we shot a bunch of photos from this. Uh, yeah, it's sort of like a, like a, what would you call it? Uh, like a dirt road. Uh, yeah, a dirt road that runs through the middle of, uh, of the marsh. Um, a causeway
0: and, almost? Yeah, yeah, like a <laughs> causeway, yeah. That, that's probably
1: uh. what I'm yeah. um, Or al- almost like a levee, you know, it's kind of elevated a little yeah. bit. And uh, we just, we just shot all night with this uh, new Canon camera. Um, and this is one of the favorite shots, I think, that I was able to process on it. Um, and there's a few things about shooting Orion. So this is obviously the constellation Orion. If you look in the center here, we've got uh, you know, the very uh, obvious Orion's belt, these three stars, uh, nicely evenly spaced. And um, there's a bunch of cool stuff in here um, that if I, had a, if I had an even longer lens on the camera, we'd be able to see the Horsehead nebula is right here. Um, there's the Flame Nebula, and then this is, of course, um, the Orion Nebula, a little blown out in this particular it's shot. It's hard not
0: to sometimes with Orion.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, and uh, and then, of course, we have the, these kind of larger um, nebulae, the Barnard's Loop, which is this big arch of, of red nebulosity. And then the Angelfish Nebula um, over here. Um, The the Witch's Head Nebula is right here. It's a little bit dimmer, and we were shooting with a lot of light pollution, so that one was kind of tough.
0: You're kidding. Um, There's a lot of light pollution? you got to qualify that, and I'm going to interject with questions from people who are chatting too, but what kind of light pollution level are we talking about? Because if people hear that it's something similar to where they are, they get hope.
1: Yeah, um, well, you know, there was, there was quite a bit of glow. Um, I was actually surprised at how um, white a lot of the glow is, and I think that that, that has to do with a lot of the uh, municipal street vans being replaced with LEDs. So, Thank goodness. So a, a lot of the, the glow is uh, kind of less of the orange color than, than I expected. But what
0: was the place you said you are at, if you don't mind saying the generic it, name?
1: It's called Green River uh, Wildlife Refuge. Something like that. Okay. Um, one of the things that I did want to show um, was the difference between this shot. Um, this is a shot on the Sony A7S. Um, and uh, by comparison, here's the EOS RA shot. So you can see like, the brightness of the nebulosity on the EOS RA shot is, is much, much greater. Um, the amount of detail that I was able to process out of this particular shot with uh... the EOS RA. It's much, much nicer. That's amazing.
0: There's a question in the chat asking if you removed an IR filter for any of these shots, and have you?
1: <clears throat> right. So, yes, for the, for the EOS RA, that's a, uh, I guess you could call it a modded camera. Uh, it's not actually modded. It's from the factory from Canon. Um, oh. it, is, it has a special uh, hydrogen alpha pass filter uh, in front of the, the sensor, so it, it, it basically gathers extra infrared light. And um, so that this shot that I have up here is that photograph, um, made, made with essentially a modified sensor. Uh, we were lucky enough to be able to use that for like basically one night, that camera. Um, we had it all alone and uh, and you know shot enough to be able to to write a review, which is one of the projects that we're working on right now for Lonely Spec.
0: That's going to be but great to read. Quick,
1: quick verdict is that I really enjoyed using it. Okay, so um, I'm going to go ahead and, and try, to, try to run through a, like a basic version, mostly to try and get our heads around the idea of what LRGB means. Okay. The first thing that I want to do is sort of communicate what the LRGB um, method does, like w- why we would want to do it. Um, and uh, basically the idea is to sort of stretch as much information as we can out of our photographs and I'm using an example photo here this is uh, the region called Ro Ophiuchi. it's um, kind of in the constellation Ophiuchus and uh, Scorpio and uh, the bright yellow star that you see kind of in the center um, towards the bottom third of the, of the photograph is Antares um, probably one of my favorite regions of the night sky because it's very very colorful um, there's uh, blues and yellows and a little bit of red in um, this is part of the night sky, and some dark dust lanes. Um, so it's just one of the coolest uh, coolest things that you can shoot during Milky Way, you know, like Milky Way Galactic Center season. Um, and this is right adjacent to the Galactic Center, which is sort of off the frame to the to the bottom left. And um, this particular shot was made, let me see if I can get a little bit. for it here.
0: Yeah, I'm curious because when I capture stuff, I usually will go with the higher ISO so that I can get more exposure on my Milky Way. And so I'll be up there at 5,000, 6,400, 8,000. And so I'm curious about tackling something like this. How much do I bring down my ISO because I'm stacking like crazy to recover a loss of ISO. So I'm curious what that ISO starts with. So it looks like it's 2,000, huh?
1: Yeah, so um, so the reason I shot this at ISO 2000 just happens to be because... The Sony A7S, the the camera that I was shooting on, that's sort of the threshold beyond which it has um, the best low-light noise performance. So the A7S uses like a dual-gain sensor. Once you get the ISO over 2,000, it gives you the cleanest shadow detail. Um, And a a lot of modern cameras, especially Sonys and Nikons, um, usually have this dual-gain architecture to where there's a certain threshold, a certain ISO setting that you have uh, beyond which its low-light noise performance is optimized. So you don't want to shoot super low ISO. Um, you know, I, I would never shoot a shot like this at ISO 100 or 200. And I'd always find myself up uh, usually at 1600 or higher. And the A7S, it happens to be ISO 2000 where that threshold is. Um, and one of the reasons that I wouldn't go higher than that, at least on this particular shot, is I really wanted to maintain as much color as I could in, in, in the photograph. And uh, if we push the ISO too high, then we can start to blow out the really, really bright stars um, and, and lose a little bit of the color. So, so uh, this particular shot uh, is a stack of several, well, several about 90 separate exposures. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually shot these untracked. No, it was literally just my camera and a tripod. Nothing Nothing beyond that, no, no special tracker, nothing else. Um, I was Brilliant. shooting fairly short uh, uh, shutter speed, um, so it's only two and a half seconds. And I shot almost wide open at f1.7. Um, and the reason I did that was to minimize star trailing. So if I, I zoom in, you can see that this like globular cl- cluster here, actually I could see each and every little yeah. uh, uh, star in there and uh you know there's not a whole lot of star trailing um but the problem with shooting at two and a half seconds is that your raw photograph uh looks more like this
0: i've like seen that
1: <laughs> what it looks like straight out of camera right uh, yeah and, you know it's like uh, well is there anything there uh at all and if we go into the develop module uh, in Lightroom here, let me make this a little bit larger for you guys to see.
0: I can't believe I mean, I'm looking at this, and I have a collection of Roa Fuki shots that I tried your method, but I only had an 85-millimeter lens. I shot uh, it low, yeah. very similar to this, and I got a ton of frames like that. And in my post-processing, because I haven't taken the diligent effort of following your dis- instruction piece by piece yet i have been wondering how much data is actually still there. And so seeing yours like that from where it was is very heartening. It's very exciting. Yeah, but,
1: um, that, that's one of the crazy things about um, night photography in general. And, you know, when you think, think about these, like, wide-angle Milky Way shots that Diana and I, like, really love to take, um, those are easy, you know, by comparison, I think, um, just because you're shooting these nice long exposures, 20 seconds, you look on the back of your screen and it's this beautiful, you know, Milky Way with, you know, you can often see the foreground and all that stuff in there. Um, and then you shoot a shot like this and you're like, well, I can't shoot any longer because <laughs> I'm going to get star trailing because I don't have a fancy tracker. Right. Uh, but can I get anything worthwhile out of it? Okay. So if I just increase the exposure of the shot um, just so that we can see something, it looks pretty dull. Like there's really not a lot going on there yeah all um, those
0: blues that you had are not, a, not even possible to yeah, see
1: it's just flat and um you know I, I want people to understand that you don't have to be discouraged um as long as you take the diligence to keep shooting um and so mm. what i am uh doing for this particular night diana and i were in we in spain for this and um diana was shooting some wide angle shots and i was shooting uh a <laughs> hundred uh <laughs> Photos of blackness, basically beauty
0: shots and, of Roofuki
1: Yeah, and um, and not knowing really exactly what I was going to get, um, I was actually a little bit skeptical because the conditions weren't super great. Oh. Uh, but I'm going to run through the, the photographs real quick, and you can see that as I shot uh, Roofuki' was moving across the frame, um, and that movement, um, you know, is just from the Earth rotation. And um, so, you know, I wasn't tracking the shots at all. Um, Each one was a different, you know, aligned differently. And then I used a stacking software. Um, I actually ended up using Starry Landscape Stacker to stack these, um, which normally your Starry Landscape Stacker is built to make a mask for foreground and stuff like that. But it works on just Mm -hmm. sky stuff if you you really want it to. There's also... um, uh, Starry Sky Stacker, uh, which is the just Starry version of it that uh, works well with trackers. Um, but I just used Starry Landscape Stacker, no, no. and I packed uh, all of those frames together, and I, I basically got something that looked um, a little bit like this. So this is where we started, um, and this is where we ended up. This process, you know, it, it's one of those things that, just like any processing, you can approach it multiple times and get different results depending on how strong, you start stretching the sliders and stuff like that. Um, this is obviously very different from the uh, original example I uh, showed, but it gives you an idea of like of what this process really does for you. Um,
0: yeah, the most valuable part is showing us that what you did on that previous image was only a few steps away. It's not like You had to sit down for 36 hours and crunch like crazy to get this to look that good. Most everybody on here that I know personally after years of hanging out with them through this, they don't want to spend an hour or 17 hours in Photoshop, let alone an hour. And so this is making them excited to see that it's just a few steps away. Learning curve to make it as natural as what you just did, but so accessible. It's just easy. It's much more easy than it should be. It's awesome. A couple comments from those watching is fan-freaking-tastic and where is that darn hashtag mind-blow emoji? People are really excited by your lesson. Ian and Diana, thank you so much for giving us this much of your time and hanging out right now. Mo in our live feed says that she has the Lonely Speck Sharp Star 2 and she loves it. So it's still going strong. Hey, so on top of knowing the Sharp Star comes from LonelySpec.com, and that's a great way to support Ian Norman and Diana Southern, what would you two say is the best place that you'd like all of us to go to say thank you for hanging out with us tonight, that we can support you guys and follow you? What do you think? Which one? You have seven or something.
1: (laughs) Well, um, so I guess the biggest things are to check out both of our blogs. Um, We make all of our content uh, free there really isn't any paid content on our blogs. Um, I mean, it's just like, you know, watching Aaron's uh, YouTube channel and stuff like that. Like, we want to make all this stuff accessible to everybody and, uh, and you know, that's that's all we ask is like for you to come check it out and, and try to learn and have fun with it. Um, we obviously have products like the Sharp Star and the Pure Night filters that we manufacture and we made those very specifically for people who love doing astrophotography. and. And, uh, you know, if you're going to get into it and you really love it, um, yeah, if you, you, know, you want to support us, uh, we may, that's, what we, that's how we make, you know, our living is, is through those products and, and through people seeing our blogs. So um, northtosouth.us for our travel blog and lonelyspec.com for the astrophotography blog.
0: Do you guys have a push button crew where if you come to the blog, they can accept notifications from you?
1: Yeah, so we just have a basic uh email uh sign up. We send out uh, an email less than once per week um and that will have our latest blog posts or it'll be announcements for things like our live streams and um but yeah, we we definitely um we don't send out a whole ton of emails. Um it'll just be for when new content is there and we try to make sure that our content is you know, worthy of an email, I
0: suppose. (laughs) Awesome. I just subscribed one of my emails to it, and I hope that all of you here today will do so as well. Seriously, guys, thank you so much for joining me. You guys had a lot of information in such a short time to share, and you masterfully did it. Thank you so much, and thanks for sharing your quarantine space with us.
1: Yeah. Thanks Thanks for having us,
0: Aaron. Of course, you guys can come back anytime if you're up for it. We'd love to have you on Photog Adventures again very soon. If you hung out for that extra 20 minutes of highlights that I brought up and put on this video, then thank you so much. Love you guys so much. If you appreciate this content, you can support me anytime through the Patreon page. But at this point. I wanna point into the Milky Way Photographers Guild more. That's where I'm gonna be available, accessible, teaching, and having weekly hangouts with either the podcast you can listen to or having a Milky Way Wednesday that you'll have. So some weeks it'll be just podcasts, some weeks it'll be podcast plus Milky Way Wednesday. Lots of content there. So say thanks by joining me over at the Guild for one month, two months, however months you want. You can try it out for three days for free entirely. So if you want to try it out for three days and see if it's at all interesting to you, go there, check it out, MilkyWayPhotographersGuild.com, or you can get the course. Thank you so much. Have a good night. We have an episode coming tomorrow with part two with Sean Maloney, as well as getting a, you know, hang out with joshua Cripps and i as we're talking about the upcoming out of chicago live that online conference that is helping everybody who's a photographer teach some more right now and helping those who couldn't go to a photography conference have a chance to be there so let's enjoy that together i'll see you guys tomorrow on that podcast